Spoiler alert. Before listening, we'll be spoiling parts of this film. If you wish to watch this film spoiler-free, turn back now before it's too late. Now, on with the show. Hello, boy blunder. Holy rusted metal, Batman. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Postcut Feature Tableau. We're going to be doing the interrogation scene from The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. I'm David Brown, writer-editor, and with me are VFX artist David Beerkamp. Hey, what's up? And stage actress and voice actor, Sarah Peterson. Hey, guys. All right. Dark Knight, one of the, uh, the best in the trilogy. Usually the second one is. Well, it depends on what you're watching. To be completely honest with you, this trilogy of Batman movies is probably the best has ever come out in terms of the DC universe. Oh, it is. It's, it's done with a unique spin, which is also what makes it stand out. Right. I personally like the third one the most. Well, you have a boy crush on Tom Hardy. <laughs> that, and I have a boy crush on conclusions. I always like resolutions for some reason. That's a personal take. But the second one is the climax, or the most climactic of them all. As the second one is, like he, in the whole series really is, basically. But this one really kind of shows it, is that it's essentially just a detective story. Yeah. It's not a superhero movie. It isn't. It's a detective story disguised as a superhero. And that's exactly what Christopher Nolan wanted, I think, mm-hmm. with this trilogy. One of the things I really like about it is that it takes a new spin on the Joker. And while Heath Ledger is not my favorite Joker, Jack Nicholson will always be my favorite Joker. Blasphemy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's true. I No, they're both good in their context. They are. And if you think about how they portrayed the character, everybody who has portrayed the Joker at some point or another has added something to the character. Sure. I'm actually really looking forward to see what Joaquin Phoenix can do with the mm-hmm. Joker. Yeah, I'm, I am too. But I mean, until then, I can 100% say that Jack Nicholson is my favorite. I don't know. I can't pick a favorite. I love the Heath Ledger one because it was just so iconic. Well, I wouldn't call it iconic. I'd call it gritty. Versus iconic. Because your iconic would be Richard, is it Richard Romero? No, Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero, excuse me. Well, I mean, I never liked any other Batman movies, to be honest, because I I always found the Joker to be kind of too weird. Well, that was the point of him. He was the comic relief of the series. But I just, I don't know, it scare me. This one scares me. The point of Heath Ledger's Joker is that where Jack Nicholson's was kind of an homage to the campiness of the 60s and, and those comics, Heath Ledger's Joker is more to the point of Joker as he came in in 1940. He's a killer. He's he's someone, as Alfred says, he just wants to see the world burn. He doesn't care. Nothing matters to him. Money, nothing. So let's go on to the scene here. Um, mm-hmm. And what a great scene that showcases cinematography acting and everything coming together yes this scene in my opinion is a microcosm of how to make an entire movie mm-hmm. the scene has a beginning a middle uh, an end it has a climax to it mm-hmm. it not only does it have a climax itself it is the climax of the movie mm-hmm. this is where the joker wins oh yeah yeah for those of you out there that have seen this and don't think so i'm gonna say you're mistaken because Batman does not win in The Dark Knight. No, he, he does loses. Not. I feel like Batman loses all the time because. No, he... I think he wins in the third one because he's put Batman away. Yeah. He may not lose the soul of Gotham, mm-hmm. but he loses himself. He loses a certain amount of power, and that's what he really loses in the scene. But if you break the three movies into three, three act right. structure, 
the hero kind of rises, then he falls dramatically, yep. and then, and he, then rises he rises again. again. So it, it shows that beautifully illustrated. And in the third one, he rises beyond what he was. He becomes a legend. Dark Knight rises. Correct. Yeah. The interrogation scene. We open with Mr. Gordon coming in and talking to the Joker, who is bathed in darkness, at least once we get to the mid-shot. And basically, it's the idea of where is Harvey Dent? And the Joker knows exactly where he is, and we know he's not going to give anything up. And Gordon knows right away he's not getting anywhere. So he leaves. And we get a nice close-up of the Joker in the dark with his makeup as the contrast and everything. And the light goes on, blinding him. Batman shoves his head into the table. And you can tell the Joker has gone through this before. He is no rookie when it comes to being interrogated Mm -hmm. because his first reaction is never go for the head. It only makes the person fuzzy. He won't feel the next. And that's when Batman punches him in the hand. And he says, see? So at that point, Batman kind of realizes, I think, in a very small way, that he cannot really beat this out of the Joker. He's not going to do that like he does with Mm -hmm. other criminals. Which is kind of ironic. He's not scaring the Joker, which is the whole point of him dressing as the Bat to begin with. The whole purpose of his mantra. That's his mantra. Is is to put fear into the hearts of the criminal. And he cannot do that with the Joker. He found one that's fearless. Right, because the Joker does not care. When you don't care, you have nothing to lose. So on to it. They start to talk. Where is he? So on and so forth. This is where the camera starts to play on you because in American films, and I'm solely talking about American films and Western culture films, Mm -hmm. when the good guy is generally introduced, if it's a camera move or he's walking into camera, he walks in from left to right because we read from left to right. We equate left to right as being good and right to left being bad. One of the first examples is Strangers on a Train opening from Alfred Hitchcock. Right. If you watch very closely, at the very beginning, you have Batman is on the right side of the screen. He's on screen right. Joker's on screen left, looking right. Batman again, screen left, looking right. The camera, when we see Batman, is slowly panning from left to right. And we see the Joker, it's slowly panning right to left. Then you call it as we were watching the scene. Yeah. We... Break the 180 rule, Mm -hmm. which is now the Joker is now on right screen and Batman is now on left screen. But it's so smooth. Because it's done with a camera move. Mm -hmm. Because just before it does, the camera is still moving ever so slightly. And then we see Batman on the left and the camera is now panning right to left to Batman. Mm -hmm. It inverts the... Right, it inverts it. So now the Joker is now on the right side of the screen being panned left to right. Who's Wait, the good guy? Who's right. the bad guy? And if you look at it acting-wise, you really feel this kind of sympathy for the Joker in that moment. At least I do. Okay. And it's one of those things where it's a trick of the mind that maybe this is a guy you kind of want to root for at this point because there's just something about him. Well, that, there are theories that state that he's the actual hero of the movie. I could 100% understand that in terms of comic book and all Mm. of that stuff. I would say that acting-wise, Heath Ledger really hammed up the victim. Mm -hmm. And he did it really well. Oh, in the interrogation scene? Oh, yeah. yeah. Which pulls at your heartstrings as an audience member because you're like, you're you're the bad guy. Wait, I'm not supposed to feel (laughs) this for you. But when these camera moves are happening before we get the Mm -hmm. meat of the scene, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because... He's talking about their place in the world. Right. When their place in the world, cinematography-wise, shifts Mm -hmm. right as he mentions it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a synergy. Then to the script, the idea when he tells him, Batman asks me, he says, well, why did you want to kill me? And the Joker laughs at him. 
He says, kill you? I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? You complete me. Because Batman and the Joker are two halves of the same coin. They're yin and yang. They are yin and yang. Yes, they are. We don't know the origin of the Joker. And I think all these origin stories are great. And I think they should keep it as such. We should not have a definitive origin for the Joker, in my opinion. His lack of origin contrasts Batman's origin. Right. I think you can assume that the Joker had a tragic origin like Batman. Turned out differently. He just went the other way. He went to the dark. And even Bane says that you've adopted the dark. But they are, they are basically the same person fighting with one another. And when he tells him, don't be like these people. You're not like them, even if you want to be. Mm-hmm. They look at you like me. You're just a freak. And I believe that's true. Mm-hmm. Because would you really want a Batman running around your city? No. I don't think so. I'd be scared. Well, I mean, if you think about it, too, the way that he invokes justice mm-hmm. is very much against the idea of trial by jury. Mm-hmm. Because he is basically trial, jury, and executioner. executioner. Right. So he is the actual definition of what a vigilante is. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it was great when it first came out in like the the 30s, the 40s, that time frame, because you wanted the vigilante justice. You wanted someone who could go in, kill the Nazis or whatever. Right, because of the context of the time. Context of the time. But in our modern age. When you look at the modern time, we are all the Joker Mm. in one form or another. And Christopher Nolan really pulls that through with Heath Ledger and his acting job. And while he is by no means my favorite Joker, I have come to appreciate what he brings to the character, mm-hmm. yeah. especially after looking at the scene multiple times. Mm-hmm. It definitely brings this human element to it. Well, especially if you've seen Heath Ledger talk normally mm-hmm. and act normally. Ten things I hate about it's you. Not is him. My favorite. It's not I him. Couldn't believe, he is the Joker I, at that I, point. I couldn't believe that it was him, even though I know like the face structure slightly, but right it's, like, the it's like, no, this is not Heath Ledger. This is the Joker embodied <laughs> he is possessed yes he and it's beautifully he done was the joker yes he did it he did an excellent job and as he says to to batman he says look i'm not a monster i'm just curve that's when batman loses yeah. he loses it and he just loses because now he pulls him up from the table he's going to start to beat him he throws him against the table the straw was broken right yeah and you know he barricades the door and he throws him in the glass and everything and the joker is laughing hysterically through this whole beating he is yeah condescending to batman when he throws him up against the wall and he says you know for a minute i really thought you were dent at a time the way you threw yourself at her and it's just getting under batman's skin and into his brain he's laughing maniacally and the sound design is kicking in with that 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 really that joker theme intense sound effect that they it's do for a the hum. theme it's i i equate it to but a it's hum. one of those ones that makes you feel tense mm-hmm. yeah it's because it's at the beginning of the movie when mm-hmm. you see the mask it's at the beginning when he walks in and talks to the mobsters and this is its peak this mm-hmm. is its point of it, crescendo it, exact thank yeah, you the, mu- word the music lady yes and <laughs> what happens is batman is in film language he has the power because he's shot from low angles. The Joker is powerless in film language because he's shot from high angles. Batman shows his power physically by raising the Joker above him, even though he's interrogating him and the Joker has the upper hand because the Joker has information Batman does not have. Right, right, right. And he's not going to give it. The whole point is the Joker wants Batman to kill him. I'm sorry, even though he, that's a lie when he says that. Mm-hmm. He wants Batman to kill. That's his one rule. That's his rule. Yeah. 
And it's a beautiful thing because we now see Batman in that classic film language power position. He overtakes the frame. You're looking at him from an extremely low angle, and he's yelling at him, where is he? Where, you know, where are they? Tell me where they are. And the Joker just keeps laughing at him, and he punches him. And Heath Ledger told Christian Bale, punch me. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this whole phony, we're going to add a sound effect. He said, hit me. And, he, and you can see it. He did. He hit him. And the greatest line of exposition in a movie to date. He punches him and the Joker kind of leans up in the corner of the wall on the floor. And he says, you have nothing, nothing to threaten me with, even with all your power. And you see it in Batman's face. Batman knows it. There is nothing he can do to this man to get him to get the information that he needs. And then he kind of contorts a little bit and like loses it even more. Right, and that's when he grabs him, and that's when the Joker says, I'll tell you, but that's the point, because you are going to have to choose. And then he shows his ultimate power by switching the addresses, because he knows Batman's going after Rachel, to make it look like he's coming after Harvey Dent, and mm-hmm. that's when Harvey Dent breaks. Right. And that was the other point of the Joker. He needed to break Harvey Dent, and well- he did. And not only that, but you can definitely see the point where Batman, he has a moral confliction. Mm -hmm. Because while he loves Rachel, Harvey is an innocent too. Mm -hmm. So now he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Well, he's more than that. He's like the white knight. Batman wants to quit at this point. What did they call him? The white knight. The white knight of Gotham. Was it the white? Because he's like the district attorney. It was the hero that Gotham deserved. Right. As opposed to the hero that they need. Yeah. yeah. Which starts the whole lie at the end of the movie. Right. But it's interesting because like Harvey Dent is kind of like the person he should save. And then Joker forces him to, even though he knows he wouldn't choose it. He knows he's going after Rachel. He, so he knows made him that. save a man he would have doomed to die. Because again, it goes back to the line when he says, you know, I thought you were for a while. I thought you were Dent the way you threw yourself after her, mm-hmm. you know, right. and this is the climax of the movie. And it's one of the greatest scenes in the film of a film that is filled with great scenes. The last confrontation between Batman and the Joker is great. He talks to the mobsters is just a beautiful scene too. This film is full of iconic scenes, Mm. and I will give you that. When I first saw it in theaters, this film was one of those things where I was like, is it over yet? Mm. Because he packed so much (laughs) into this little film. That was one of the things that I really had to step back and try to appreciate was... Him directing moments and not directing scenes. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those, okay, it's a moment. Let it be a moment. Okay, now move on. Yeah. And that's why I've always hated The Dark Knight. Hmm. I have never really liked the film because it's so jam-packed full of everything. There wasn't one storyline that you could follow because you had 15 different things going on at the same time because you had the barges, you had the money with the mob bosses, you had the beginning opening scene where they robbed the bank. But the constant of all those is the Joker. Right. He says he's a man without a plan, but my God, he's, he had to be planning that whole thing for years. Yeah, and I could see that being confusing and stressful for, because it is a lot going on. But it's a ton. if you follow the needle, it's really interesting. Why does he rob the bank? He robs to get the money to get his crazy suit to talk to the mobsters. Right. Once he talks to the mobsters, why is he doing that? So he can get Harvey and Rachel separated later because they have connections. Not only that, but he's doing it to get half the mob's money. Right, which he eventually burns to show that he's in power. Right which he uses to get a bunch of cheap gasoline and blow up the barges. Look what I did to this city with a couple of gallons of gasoline and a few bullets. Well, and that's and he's the just thing. a dog chasing cars. When you first absorb the movie through your eye orbs, yes. it's a ton of information. 
It has rewatchable value. I will give it that. Well, it has it because it has so much packed into it. That's, right. That you have to watch it over you have. I can honestly say that even though it, I do not like this movie, I'd still watch it because I want to pick out those elements. Mm. And I am someone that can analyze something to death. But I never understood the complexity of the movie mm-hmm. in terms of symbology. If you think about it, Joker is really that character that is every single one of us. Every one of us could be that Joker character. Or at least part of us. Or Right, yeah. a part of us. Mm-hmm. There's always that one moment of madness that we have to control within ourselves. Mm. But here's Heath Ledger just letting it out on screen. Right, and that's the proxy. You get to let it out through Ledger's performance. Right, which I think is really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. And also from a cinematography standpoint, it's just a great way of twisting the fundamentals of what we all are accustomed to and playing you with them, just like the Joker plays Batman. It shows how you can break the rule. And for anybody out there who, who is learning to make film or wants to learn how to make film, this also, to me, shows the importance of storyboarding. Mm-hmm. Oh, Even if yeah. you're doing a small film for the first time mm-hmm. that might only be two minutes long. Yeah. And if you can't draw, it doesn't matter. Draw it out with stick figures. It doesn't matter. Just place out what you want to see. Because right. you plan it out. You do not get this scene without months of planning and revision and saying, no, we have to do this. That has to be changed. That's good, but it should go here. Especially with so actors so that are willing to improv and change things on the spot. Right. Having a plan pre-made mm-hmm. allows you to adjust on the fly. Well, because when you have a when you have a pre-made, say, you know, camera movement, I'm going to pan from right to left mm-hmm. on you. As long as you do what you're going to do in my frame, do it. Improvise. Right. Do what you need to do. But I need that camera. It, it's the camera movement that needs to be consistent. That's the thing you can't compromise on, I think, at, at a certain point. You just spurred a thought because we had this conversation the other day. I'm pretty sure that when they filmed it, they mm-hmm. probably had like a lot of those scenes done like a master shot where they just did the whole thing per angle. Right. I bet this movie was made in the edit. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I, you know, the, I know especially it Especially those choices for the camera movement. Sure. Because yeah. you can see the dolly-ins, the push-ins and stuff like that, and you can tell when they're stopped. And when they stop, that's when they'll start to cut through that normal kind of over-the-shoulder mm-hmm. right. uh, talking shots. Right. But then they go right back into the pans and I the w- slow pans. I was just about to bring that up. If you mm-hmm. look at acting-wise, these characters, this is probably the most praise I will ever give Christian Bale. I'm not a fan of his. That's okay. And it's That's okay. fine. It's, he just rubs me the wrong way. I think That's it's because the first film I saw him in was American Psycho. Oh, you didn't like that? Oh, I love the film. Oh, okay. okay. But it freaks me out mm. because it's just that one moment where it's like he could be anybody. And he did his job. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, he did and, his and, job. And, exactly right. But I only see him as that character now. Mm. So it's it's I'm jaded on that. So we have so we have uh, Patrick Bateman as Batman. That's great. It's exactly it's Patrick Bateman. And if you notice in that movie, who does he kill with an axe? He kills the Joker, the Joker you like best. I know. Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's it's funny. It is really funny. If you watch these two people act, Mm -hmm. you can't tell where they cut the scene because they have the exact same facial expressions. They have the exact same movements. It's one of those things where usually you can get like one of those goofs that you see on IMDb, like his arm was raised when Mm -hmm. it was really down kind of things. They keep it almost as if they yelled, stop, and all they did was freeze yeah. and then came back to it. Yeah. Well, that's why you have good uh, people keeping track of where things are. Oh, right. yeah. The, yeah, the continuity. I love And also continuity. just the actor themselves. As much as you may dislike 
Christian Bale, if the director tells him, look, I just need you to not gesticulate. I just need you to kind of look at him with your head cocked to one side and stay in that position. He'll do it. Oh, yeah. You know, especially if you give them freedom to do other things within other takes. Right. Because you got to remember, Nolan is the director at this point. Right. People what to do. Well, and, and it goes to also, I really feel like as much as he isn't, Bale mm-hmm. is a method character actor. Sure. Yeah. Even though he probably doesn't seem like one. Mm-hmm. He's not like Heath Ledger. He didn't seclude himself or anything like that. You could definitely tell that he is a form of character actor because even watching him in The Prestige. Also directed by Christopher Nolan. He definitely has these moments where you can see that he is that character. And I can't remember the character's name at this point. I don't remember it either. But Well, he is a method actor because uh, for The Machinist, oh he, my which God. he did before The Dark Knight. So unhealthy. He lost so much weight that he looks like he walked out of a concentration camp. That's, yeah. Ugh. And then he put on all, and he bulked all that back up for, to dark do, for the dark night. So <laughs> kudos to him because at some point he's going to have to retire just because his body won't be able to act at some point. Yeah. But um, it, it does show how far he will go to do a role. Now with the new Joker trailer being released, what do we think we're going to be expecting? Are we going to get something like this or are we going to get something completely new? In my opinion, you have to put out of your mind any kind of previous performance by anybody. Heath oh, Ledger, Jackie Romero, anybody, Mark even Mark Hamill. Because, yes, Mark Hamill, even though he doesn't play him physically, he plays the voice. And he's he got is, the best voice for the Joker. One, he's one of the greatest voices of the Joker, yes. And the longest running and for the Joker as yes, well. Yes, I think as an audience member for it, you have to go in as much of a blank slate as you can get. From the trailers, I like the makeup. Yeah. I think he looks pretty good there. There are nice little Easter eggs that I kind of already know about that I won't I won't spoil for anybody. I think you just have to go in as much of as a blank slate as you possibly can to get the most out of the movie. Yeah, and hopefully they're not teasing too much from the trailers. Well, I don't think they are. Well, and that's the thing that you have to look at with, with any trailer at this point in today's society. They're going to pull out the most action-packed scenes. They're going to do whatever they can. And my friend has specifically said she won't watch trailers because she's watching the movie. Exactly. Well, we do that on the next uh, installment of this. Yeah. The problem with trailers now again. Now, right. Now, now, oh, yeah. That's well, a whole tangent we can and get here's <laughs> And here's where we have to really suspend our disbelief here. The Joker is such an iconic character. Mm-hmm. We already have perceived notions sure. on what he's going to be and what we want him to be, which is why so many Jokers fail. That's why when you watch Jared Leto as the Joker, mm-hmm. I went in there with a completely open mind ignoring all of my preconceived notions, and I love his performance as the Joker. And and I'm going to get shot for that. No, I like his performance (laughs) as the Joker. I thought he was a good Joker because it's a different type of Joker. It's a different take on Joker, but yet it's still the Joker. My problem with it is that he wasn't in it enough. And that's everybody's problem. He should have been in it Mm. more. And that's a whole other tangent, too. (laughs) And And to say that Keith Ledger is throughout The Dark Knight, he's not really... I think if we cut out Heath Ledger's scenes, he'd probably be in for maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I'd give it. And that might I be would a, push a it at 40. Yeah. But the great be- thing is for the scenes that he's in, he's so articulate. You just can't stop watching. Well, him. And, right. that's and that's what makes him interesting. Is mm. he builds the scene. And if you look at his iconic makeup mm-hmm. and it, going back to this scene, mm-hmm. his makeup is disheveled. Right. It is very victimized. It is very much. It's not the quote unquote perfection. Right. It's usually raw. the Joker. It's very raw. Usually it the is. Joker's makeup does not get messed up. 
Oh, ever. Because for the most part, you generally assume that because he fell into the vat of chemicals, that the paint on him has become his skin. It has right. been permanently attached to him in some way. Yeah. But what makes Batman great is because Batman is a human being. He's just rich enough. He's just rich enough to be able to do these things. The, the, the iconic Joker, Ben Affleck line: <clears throat> "What's your superpower? I'm rich." Right. Exactly. <laughs> and he's a human being. He can be hurt. He can be stopped. He can be messed with psychologically. Yet he's wearing armor that's perfectly <clears throat> symmetrical. Versus exactly. This grungy, half apart suit. Yeah. But that's the whole point going back to their each other's half. The Joker in this is a human being. He has to put that makeup on. Mm-hmm. He was somewhere to get those scars, and there are plethoras of theories about where he got them. That mystery makes him more intriguing. Right. That was the uh, interrogation scene for The Dark Knight. Holy eggs, Batman. The show's over. To be completely honest with you guys, we really love hearing from you. We really want to know what you guys think of our show. Give us a shout out on Facebook. Find us on Twitter or Instagram. We are Postcut Podcast. If you guys want to give us a idea of any scenes that you want or anything, any film that you want us to review or anything like that, give us a shout out. We are listener mail at postcutpodcast.com and leave some reviews on iTunes. Give us some thumbs up on Spotify. We have some really great listeners overseas and we want to just really thank you from the bottom of our hearts because you guys are what are making us continue on with this show and we really want to hear the movies you want to see and have uh reviewed and and analyzed yeah we really want to know what you guys want to watch uh we're making the show for you guys so please become a part of our show give us some information we just really want to be able to bring you guys in and really share the journey of movies with you because that's really why we are in the positions that we're in. So come join the journey with us and we'll talk to you next time here at Postcut. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Postcut Podcast.